Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. This is your sister Noor here from Noor with Love. It's been a while. I'm sorry that I haven't been around. But you know what? I've been doing a lot of unpacking. I've been unpacking a lot of emotional pain and healing, alhamdulillah. But I'm back, back better than ever before, inshallah. And as I close off season two with beautiful interviews today with Sister Humera and two more interviews to follow in the coming weeks, I've got something amazing planned for you in season three, and that will be all about emotional resilience. I will share with you through my own personal struggles and stories what I have learned. But for now, let's kick it off with an interview that I did back in June. And I do have to apologize to Sister Humera for making her wait so long for the world to hear her beautiful and inspiring words. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my dear sister Humara. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to From Noor with Love. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and for those of my listeners who don't know Sister Humara, she is also known as The Book Jacket, and she has The Light Journal, and you also have a book club. So yeah. I invited her. I've been following her for so long she's a poet a writer she loves everything that has to do with words and I'm so honored that she is here today on From Noor with Love so sister tell us what inspires you to write what was your writing journey all right uh, alhamdulillah. First of all, thank you so much, uh, Sister Noor, for having me here on your beautiful podcast. I'm really excited to be here to talk to you more about what I love to do and to learn more about uh, Sister Noor as well. So um, when it comes to my writing journey, um, it all really starts, I don't really remember when it first started out, but I remember when I was just like a toddler or like really young, um, my mom and dad gave me a pencil and a piece of paper. For, for me to just doodle around, I guess. And when I was just like, you know, playing around with the pencil and then I, I did like a stroke of, uh, of a pencil down like a line. And then my, my dad told me, like, I did remember this, but he told me that um, I was so excited when I saw like pencil strokes on the paper that I kept gasping and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I kept saying, wow, every time I, I, do, I did a stroke on the paper. So I guess it all started back then when I was just so fascinated with pencil markings on paper and then um slowly it just it just kind of like it's kind of like a, a an escape for me actually because it's um it's something that I I turn to when I feel like I feel overwhelmed with a lot of things in my life um it's I, you would say that you could say that it's like a sort of therapy for me um writing um ever since I was young I've always loved languages um I've always been fascinated with words and writing um in in English especially um and I've always turned to books I mean my first love has always been reading I've been reading um since I was really really young my my mom was my main inspiration uh she's always been the one who 
bought me books, who read books to me when I was um, younger, when before I sleep every single night, she'll be, she'll be reading to me a bed, bedtime story. And um, I'll always be sulking if she doesn't read, she didn't read to me. So I'm always like, you know, um, I, I, I'm always, um, you know, looking into like the next book to read. And so from reading it all just, you know, I guess that love for the words, uh, the love for writing stems from reading itself. So um, I, I started picking up the pencil and trying to write um, stories, you know. And then um, as I grew older, I discovered different kinds of genre of writing. So I discovered writing uh, memoirs, write, writing poetry. And then I fell in love with writing poems, especially um, because I see, I see poetry as a sort of like um, a channel for me to release my emotions it's, and it's like something quite enigmatic in a sense that you know you get to reveal your emotions but at the same time you conceal it so I see it as sort of some sort of like a mystery and, uh, and, a, and a release like a portal for me to to, to showcase my, my, my feelings. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been quite a journey. I mean, I, I would say that my main inspiration is my mom um, she, because she's the one who started, started me on this. Like she's, she's the one who started um, introducing me to books, to reading. And from then, um, she's been the one um, behind me all the way when it comes to writing. Um, and she's always been supporting me. And I remember the very last thing that she said before she left um, this world was um, she said like, you know, be the best writer you can ever be. And that, that advice has stuck to me since ever since. And so it's been a fuel for me to keep on going and to keep writing, inshallah, yes. Yeah. Inshallah, thank you for sharing that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant your mother Jenna Fildos and reunite, reunite her with all her offspring, Amin. Um, while you were speaking while you were speaking it really triggered in me my mom who she didn't necessarily say to me be the rest, best writer to be quite honest she didn't even know I wrote until much later but she did tell me to be the best alhamdulillah and she's also left this world but she was non-muslim alhamdulillah I want to talk to you about that book in childhood that book that you loved so much. Tell us what book it was and what about it made you just love it. Oh my, I actually have a lot of favorite books when I was younger. I couldn't really point um, on one book that I really love, uh, but I have a few, but I, I guess I could just perhaps just, okay, just talk about, talk about one of it. Um, maybe Matilda by Rodal, if you've heard of or read of that book, uh, Matilda, is one of my favorite because I I I um I see a lot of myself in her. Like she's such a bookworm. Um, she she loves books and she finds solace and and friendship and companionship in books. And um and she's she's quite witty and smart and um and I would like to be her friend. And it's just it's just a very wholesome story in all in all. And I really enjoyed that book. And it kind of stuck, that, that story stuck to me until today. And it's a story that I, I introduced to my school, my students even. And I, I told them, you know, ever since I was young, I, I, it was my, one of my favorite books. So um, because of, because of the, the, the things that Matilda does and, and the, the clever things that you can learn from her. Um, and she's, she's just a really nice and kind and, and, um, 
you know, very friendly person that you would like to be friend with, you know. So um, that's one of the books that I really enjoy. Other than that, I think um, a lot of Annie Blyton books that I really enjoyed because of the easy to read um, fonts and, and the stories were like different kinds of stories about animals and all that. So um, it's really more of like children, um, like, you know, books that were back then, it was mostly Annie Blyton and, um, you know, adventure books like Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys and all that. So that was more, that was mostly what I read and also a lot of Roald Dahl as well. Yeah, so um, yeah, those, those were most of the books that I read when I was younger. Yeah, when I was in primary um, school, like about, you know, six to 10, six to 12 years old, I was reading a lot of that, yeah. How about you? Do you read um, similar books or were you reading something else? Well, thank you for the question and thank you so much for inspiring us. I was remembering how books really can empower and just activate your imagination. For me, I heard of Nancy Drew and everyone was reading Nancy Drew and yeah, Matilda, yeah. but I was not. I was the child who would go into the library and just ponder and I was reading like Anne of Green Gables. I would say that was my favorite childhood book because I identified a lot with her not fitting in because I live in a community where I did not fit in. And I loved her feistiness and I loved how she just caused everyone to fall in love with her. And I would say other childhood books were actually not even books for children. I think of John Steinbeck or um, a lot of the classics. What came to me is that the stories that I grew up with were not necessarily my story. To be honest, I don't think there are very many books that talk about like my kind of story which is being a black girl but having white skin there are black stories there are white stories but there are very few stories at that time and I don't even recall any now and that made me think about you being a Singaporean girl and you say that you or how you know you teach your students what can we give with respect to that to the youth now where they have their story told and still very much love those other stories like Matilda because it's not necessarily about race, it's about a girl who doesn't fit in but yet finds her own voice. Yeah, I think it's it's really quite a privilege right now to have a lot of, um, I, I think, with the advent of technology and, and internet and everything, like we get to see a diverse range of books that um, come out from different voices from different parts of the world and different people from different with different skins, different races. So it's, it's really encouraging to see more stories from different minority voices, um, which I really wished I had back then when I was younger, because back then, you know, we didn't really have a lot of exposure of um, stories of people of our, of, of our same uh, religion or, 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 or race, you know, it's, it's always from the, I guess, Eurocentric kind of uh, white uh, people's stories, uh, if, I would, if I could say that, it's like more of the classics. So I think with regards to um, teaching students, uh, teaching my students in this day and age, I try to um, diversify uh, the books that I share with them, like to, to ensure that they are seen, because 
that I think that's one of the most important things when you are reading a storybook, when you see yourself um, as the character, as the main character inside the book. Like, for example, you read a story about this Muslim girl, um, you know, being some sort of a misfit in school, and then you identify with all her challenges and all her problems and all her, her thoughts and, and her worries. And, you know, and, and you identify with all these and you really build like a connection and you, you, you kind of like, you know, find a sort of like solace and, and, and um, some sort of, you know, like you, you hold on to that, that hope that, you know, you're not the only one in this world who's face, facing this, you're not alone in this world. So to have that sort of um, representation is really, really important. And I, I try to source for books or uh, stories that will um, encompass and, and will show like um, different, you know, for boys and girls of, of different races, different religions in the stories um, that I share. So I'm really glad to see that, you know, there's a lot of choices right now, um, you know, that, that talk, especially for children as well. Like there's a, you know, if you, if you know Rukaya's bookshelf, I'm really such a big fan of her because she has lots of books that, um, that is very inclusive uh, in terms of, you know, inclusive of different children from different backgrounds, you know, um, especially from the Muslim uh, background. So that's one of those, uh, one of the most, um, I guess, encouraging things that I see in terms of the publishing industry, where there's so much more choices now as compared to where we were last time when we were kids. Yeah. Jazakallah and says, yes, that was really inspiring. And I do know her, her bookstore and I find it very, very inspiring, alhamdulillah. And I love that you said that word inclusive because that's something that I've been really pondering. Like, why do we need to exclude? We are all, we are all creations of Allah and we should all be inclusive, alhamdulillah. So thank you so much for sharing that. Tell us a bit about um, you know what you do as a teacher. What what you, what ages do you teach? What subjects do you teach? Okay, uh, so I am an English teacher. So I teach English as well as social studies as well. Um, I teach grades uh, in Singapore. It's called primary. So I think it's equivalent to grades uh, one, uh, grades one to six. So primary one to six, uh, elementary, yeah. So um, it's been, I think I've been teaching for about five years now. Yeah, and uh, it's it's such a different landscape when back, if, if I were to compare it as when I was a student back then, like students nowadays are really, um, I guess, vocal and they have their own minds, you know, like they, they, they will talk back to you, um, which is a challenge, I would say. But it's uh, it's also one of the most rewarding things if, uh, you see them growing and asking questions and being curious about the world and the things that you teach them. Um, so it's been a challenge, but it's also been really rewarding, alhamdulillah. And um, I, I've enjoy, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying my, my job so far. And um, I'm learning as well, you know, even though I'm a teacher, but, you know, you learn so much as a teacher that you feel like you're a student. Sometimes my students are my teachers, really. Yeah, so you learn a lot Um. To of, of things like, I guess, life lessons, like being humble, because sometimes the knowledge that you teach, they are, they are flawed in, in your own understanding. Like sometimes I teach the things that I teach and then I realize that, oh, I didn't know this before, you know, or, or sometimes the things that I teach, I, I delivered it wrongly. Or, and then it kind of teaches me humility in a sense that, okay, I have to, I have to 
say sorry and apologize to my students. Okay, you know, sorry, Miss Umara made a mistake. Um, so it's it's something that kind of like teaches you every day to be to be reflective on yourself, to be a reflective practitioner in a sense. Yeah, to 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 actually um learn every day, even if even though you are the teacher, but you are really also the learner um at the same time. So it's some it's a very rewarding and humble job, I would say. Yeah. It's a work it's a labor of love. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, that made me reflect on my own teachers because I was hugely influenced by my teachers in a very positive way. This is the first time I ever thought that perhaps they were influenced by me or and other students as well. I never thought about that being an exchange. Yeah. It was always like some kind of one-sided relationship from the child's perspective, Alhamdulillah. I wanted you to talk to us about your book, Homebound. And also your other accounts. I know you have a book club and you have an account that you uh, uh, light journal reflections on the Quran. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, uh, so I'll start with the light journal. Um, it's actually a project that I started out back, I think, four Ramadans ago. Um, I wanted, it all stems from me being um, unsatisfied with my Quran journey. Like I've always been attending classes to read, like recitation of the Quran. But but it's it's kind of like I attend the class and then I, I open my Quran and I read it. And then after that, I put it back in my bag and I go home. And I didn't I didn't take it out again to the next class. So it's been very kind of like routine. But I feel like it's lacking some sort of soul in it, some sort of heart. Like I, I feel like I, I do not have the connection with the Quran yet. So I, I went to research on like, what is it that I'm missing? So um, when I was Googling and then I saw this um, Bible journaling thing online. So I was curious, like, what is this Bible journaling? So apparently there's a community of Bible journalists. Like they journal uh, verses from the Bible and then they reflect on it together. And so they drew like nice hand lettering and calligraphy as they reflect on the verses and they write down their reflections. So I was like thinking, hey, this is really quite a cool project. And so I was trying to see if there are any Quran journaling projects that has been done. And when I was Googling, I saw um, this particular account, Recite Reflect. It's by Sister Sumaya Hassan. Um, yeah, and she's she's so amazing, like her, her account. I was so inspired by it. I was like, wow, this is such a such an amazing project, such an amazing um, initiative. And so I was so inspired by it that I wanted to make my own. And so I decided on the Light Journal um, as, as a as something that I just wanted to, I guess, create to, to serve as an accountability kind of thing. Like I wanted to start on something. I didn't want to just sit on it and just, oh, okay, this is cool. But I didn't do anything about it. So I, I just started it out. And I mean, it's not perfect when I started out. I mean, I'm not really that great in, 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 in all my art and all that. I'm not, I'm not the best write uh, calligraphy or hand, write, hand lettering person. But I tried to just, you know, start, uh, take the right, take the first step to just learn a bit more about the, about the verses. So I, I didn't really have a particular teacher that I learned from. I, I kind of like looked through you, different YouTube videos and um, different, um, I guess, uh, books that, that shows the translation and, the, um, and the, I guess the tafsir of the Quran. And then I tried to learn more about the, the story behind it. Uh, so that I can understand better what, what the verse means and what the context is. And then I tried to reflect it um, back to my own life and how I can kind of relate to this particular verse so that, you know, 
so that the connection is built in that part, you know, in that that the aspect, because I felt that was the part that was missing um, throughout my Quran journey um, since I was young. So I started it out and um, I've been doing it ever since then. Um, I don't I don't post it every single time. I mean, sometimes I just do it on my own and just didn't. I mean, it's just for my own private kind of like um, journaling and documentation. But um, it's something that I, I, I find really therapeutic. Um, in, in engaging in, in it and I've had some of my friends and some of my um, followers telling me that they are inspired to do their own Quran journaling and it's really inspiring to see more people uh, getting on board and you know doing that as some sort of like therapy as well as um, as a means to get closer to the Quran and closer to Allah uh, inshallah and um, yeah, it's just something that I really uh, hope to continue doing. Um, even if I don't post a, a lot of it, I just want to continue doing it in my own private space. Yeah, so, so that's the story behind Quran Journal. I was really mainly and majorly inspired by, um, I started out with a Bible journalist and then by Sister Sumaya. And then I just wanted to try it on my own. And uh, yeah, that's how I, I continued with it. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yes, I'm very. I'm aware of her account, and she's very inspiring. Have you read her book? That yeah, she wrote? reflections from the Quran. Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Really yes, yeah. I heard about that book several years ago. Alhamdulillah. I love that you said that you don't share all your reflections because it's very important when we put things out into the public arena that we keep something for ourselves and ensure that our niyyah is also always in the right place. And for me, I experienced the same as you, that I would just put it away and not learning, but not really understanding what it was that I'm learning. And what prompted me to start journaling is that I would have really strong emotional reaction to certain ayah of the Quran. And my Quran teacher, she often would pause and tell us what certain ayah were about. And when I told her, she made me aware of the fact that I always had a very strong emotional reaction to ayat, ayat that are about the day of judgment and are coming, you know, our life in the grave, alhamdulillah. And that really helped me to understand myself better. Now that you are really reflecting on the Quran more deeply, do, your, do you self, feel more connected to the Quran? And how has that journaling helped to really strengthen that connection? Alhamdulillah. Um, ever since I started on it, um, it's been some sort of like a journal that I turn to whenever I feel down or I feel like I need to kind of read, read again what, I, what did I write about this or reflect again. Um, I mean, it's, it's an up and down journey. I wouldn't say that it's perfect ever since I started. Of course, there are days when I just felt... Like I didn't want to do anything or I didn't want to reflect on any verse. It's just, I guess it's just something that, you know, when you start it, it's, 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 it's some sort of like a uh, accountability partner, I would say. Like, you know, at least it's there to show you or if I put it on my, if I put the journal on my table, I, I remember that, hey, I have this, uh, like this journal that I need to start reflecting on, you know. It's, it's something that I guess is a reminder um, because there are days when I don't, when I don't feel like the connection is strong. Uh, you know, like how the Wi-Fi is, sometimes the Wi-Fi is strong, sometimes the Wi-Fi is weak. And that's how I feel my connection with Allah is sometimes, um, to be honest. Um, but I guess with starting out this little project, it's, 
I always have to remind myself that it's it's my way of trying and putting in my effort in in getting closer to Allah, even though I'm as imperfect and and, and as flawed as I can be. But I guess I remind myself of Allah's ayah where He said that um um every single I forgot exactly what the ayah said, but it's every single thing he 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 sees every single effort he sees uh, he sees every single effort that his creation that his um creation does so it's it's some sort of like really i guess comforting to know that even though it's not i guess um perfect he doesn't he doesn't expect perfection he does only expect progress so i take it as a little step for me and um I just pray that Allah accepts whatever I try to do in 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 my journey towards getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Yeah, so I mean the connection is is sometimes weak, sometimes strong, but I try with the journal on my table. It's always it serves as a reminder for me to get back to it whenever I feel my iman is on the low. Yeah. I mean, I mean to your dua. And um, I, th- I thank you for your vulnerability because a lot of people find it difficult to admit that. And it is what Allah has told us. You know, he gives us tests all the time. We're continually striving. And I love that word striving because we're striving to him. And some days you'll be down and other days you'll be up. But as long as we as believers keep striving towards him, then we achieve having more and more closeness to him, inshallah. And of course, the striving is a jihad, which means that you will struggle. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I experienced the same as well. However, I have never thought about using Quran journaling to help with that. So I, I, I think I'm going to think about it. But I really feel that that is a project that I will include in my own Quran journey because I do write out the verses in Arabic. And I was just reflecting, well, I can then write my reflections. So you've really inspired me today. Alhamdulillah, sister. Alhamdulillah. I mean, sometimes I feel like the the expectation, because sometimes I feel like I'm quite a perfectionist at times. So I, I, that was one of the hindrances. When I want to do it, I feel like I need it to be perfect. Like I need it to be pretty. I need it to be beautiful. I need it to be like nicely decorated. And that's, that's kind of like a hindrance for me to even do and start on it. So I always tell myself that it doesn't have to be perfect. Just write down the verse, write down the reflection, just scribble it, doodle it, whatever it is, as long as it's out there and, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, a, it's, it's something, you know, at least something than not doing anything at all. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just something that I have to keep reminding myself um, about because there are some people who ask like, oh, I can't write or I can't draw or I can't, hand letter nicely and I say I, I tell them that it's that's not the that's not the point of Quran journaling it's not about aesthetics of the journaling it's, it's more of the soul the reflection of the Quran verse so yeah it's a reminder for myself every time that I, I, I encounter this yeah <clears throat> I love that you mentioned that that it's about the soul and that you know it's about that journey because I do as a life coach come across a lot of women who are perfectionists uh, like the, I like that part about yeah it's a personal jihad and what matters is we strive and we keep on thriving in our own journey and no one else can live it live that journey for us so we have to try our best and just be forgiving of ourselves as much as we want Allah to forgive us exactly because it's often us who <laughs> cannot forgive us 
<laughs> However, Allah is the most forgiving and don't allow your self-talk to become come between you and your Rabb. And one of the things that I say, and I put it on my website because I love it, the closer you are to your authentic self, the closer you will be to your Rabb. And that's why I love self-development, but within the context of Islam, because I feel it always needs to, you know, the Ardeen has to be the foundation for everything. Yeah. Thank you for that very deep thought that came to me because of your beautiful reflection. Alhamdulillah. Sis, I want to talk to you about your book club. Tell us more about your book club. Okay, so this book club is actually um, set up by me and my friend Kyron. Um, it's just something that we kind of thought of randomly. Um, both of us bonded over books and we both have the same interests. You know, we love books, we love tea, we love breakfasts. <laughs> so one day when we were having our breakfast dates, um, we were just talking about, hey, it would be nice if you could have a book club, you know, um, and some sort of like, you know, yeah, because we love we read books on our own like individually we do our own reviews we do our own readings but we thought it would be nice if we could have a community of um, readers that can come any one of us like you know anyone who wants to join you can and so we decided to open this um, book club where it's not really exclusive like anyone can just join in and just read and share your thoughts um, so we decided to read books that we think are more I guess um, people of color, authors of authors of different um, diverse backgrounds. You know, not not the typical, I guess, literature text kind of books. So um, more contemporary, more um, you know, like related to contemporary issues. Like for example, right now we're we're reading on Palestinian fiction, um, the beauty of your face by Sahar Mustafa. So we're reading on it currently. So what we do is we just have a theme every month and then we just pick a book that we read that relates to the theme and then anyone anyone and everyone can join in and read together the book whether you want to download it online or you want to uh, borrow the book or you want to buy the book it's up to you and then we'll just read it and then at the end of the month we'll just review the book together and if anyone else has thoughts to share uh, thoughts on the book that they want to share they could share we're actually thinking of like putting it up on either zoom or clubhouse to have like a to have like a, I guess, an open discussion with other readers. Yeah, so it's still in the works because right now it's just mostly me and her. Um, so we want to have more interaction with other readers. So we're thinking of um, moving it to either Zoom or Clubhouse. We're still, we're still thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah, yes. I think uh, both platforms are really good platforms. Zoom, of course, you have more people who can join for those who don't have an iPhone. Uh, but Clubhouse is a really great platform as well. So, you know, I'll keep an eye out on your space and I invite the listeners to keep an eye out on your space as well. Hmm? You're on Clubhouse? I am on Clubhouse. However, I haven't started anything yet. But inshallah, it's, it's one of the big products. Inshallah, it's one of the projects that I have. However, you know, there are other projects that in the correct order. Because I, I uh, you know, you can't do everything all at once. But it is definitely that I, something that I plan on launching within the next two months, inshallah. Inshallah. So sister, let's wrap it up with one final question. What right. are you reading now? And tell us what inspires you about it. Oh, I am a serial multiple reader. <laughs> So I read a, a couple of books at the same time. So 
uh, I told you I, I was reading the book um, The Beauty of Your Face by Sahar Mustafa. That was that's for my book club. So it's about a Palestinian fiction um, um, book. And then another one that I'm reading currently actually is by Sister Farhat Amin. I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, Sister Farhat. She actually just published a book uh, called Smart Single Muslima. Um, and she shared it with me, uh, the book. I just received it, the copy actually like a few days ago and I'm actually almost done with it. It's really interesting because she's talk she talks about how marriage is going out of fashion, you know, and people don't really see the constitution of marriage as something that's necessary anymore in this day and age, and how a lot of smart single Muslim women are not married um, as, as they age. So it's it's really fascinating to see the research she's done and um and, and it's all based on the Quran and Sunnah, um, on what our Quran and Sunnah says about marriage, about uh, about you know relationships. So it's really interesting and I really can't wait to review it and share on my platform soon. Um it's, it's a book that I would I would really uh, recommend every every woman, every single Muslim woman to read. Um even if you're married, it's great to read as well, you know, to know about the the, the the current uh, landscape of how it's like you know in terms of the women the muslim women and marriage um is like how it's like in in basically all around the world i don't think it's only in the west i think it's it happens it's happening everywhere in this in this world yeah like you know throughout the communities that women are marrying later and because they are prioritizing careers you know other other things and they don't see marriage as something that's important so yeah, it's a very interesting book, and I I'm really inspired by it. I would like I would recommend everyone to read it. <laughs> yeah, inshallah, inshallah, I love that. I love. Um, I definitely will read it. And I remember it reminded me once uh, at work because I had a a very important and complex job once upon a time, and one of the female managers asked me what my aspirations were within the company because they were always thinking she wants to be a director she wants to be this and I said my aspiration is to be a housewife <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just she, I do I have that same I want to be a stay-at-home housewife <laughs> exactly and as she said to me but what a waste of your talent and my response was why would being a mom and taking care of my husband and caring for my family in the most beautiful way be a waste of talent. I think that is the best use of my talent, alhamdulillah. And I can only talk about the Western perspective since I grew up in Amsterdam and I'm a native New Yorker and I spent a lot of my childhood there and my teenage years and I went to university there um, and also here in Holland as well. But there seems to be this shame around being a housewife. There seems to be this idea of you are less if you choose to stay at home. But at the same time, there is a competing narrative that you need to take care of your husband, you need to take care of your children, you need to do this, 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 that. And that's what I love about the beauty of Islam. If I say to my husband tomorrow, Habibi, I'm quitting work and I'm just staying home. He will be like, okay. And I still have my honor. And Islam has honored women. They have honored the mother above the father. They have honored our place. And definitely someone coming from a Western narrative, I can speak from a place of experience and truth that Islam honors women in every single way. So 
I love that, you know, inshallah. Of course, I have chosen to do other things, but my primary role, other than being a Muslim, is being a Muslim woman and everything that comes with that, alhamdulillah. So I'm very happy that you brought that up. I did say it would be the last question, but I totally forgot that we didn't get to Homebound and I want to oh, honor your book of poetry. Tell us about Homebound, please. Because I have read, I have read parts that you shared and I really loved it. Inshallah, alhamdulillah. Okay, um, so this book uh, is my debut book of poetry that I actually wrote over the years um, since I was early 20s until until my late 20s and actually interestingly I started writing poems more when I felt like I couldn't solve a lot of problems in my life like I was feeling really overwhelmed with sadness and distress and poetry was as I said earlier that poetry was my escape I, I wrote um, in order to understand what I was feeling and at the same time is this miraculous or rather you know, like cathartic feeling after I, I wrote a poem, I read it through and I felt slightly better after after reading it. Um, so I started writing my first poem uh, when I was um, waiting for my mom's therapy. Like she, she was having a chemotherapy and I was in the hospital with her and I was just feeling so sad and distressed and I just didn't know how to feel, you know, knowing that I'll be losing her. So I wrote that poem to kind of cope with my feelings, you know, to cope, to cope with my uh, sense of, you know, um, sadness and, 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 and uncertainty. So I wrote my first poem and um, based on that, and then from there, um, it all started out with um, mostly like life experiences. Um, and I had this idea of tying it with my journey to Mecca and Medina, because um, I had my first pilgrimage back when I was in Five, when I was four or five years old and then um, back then I was I went there with my whole family with my mom with my late mom and every, everyone and then my second my second uh, journey Umrah journey was when I was um, 26 years old yeah and and that was a year after I left after my mom left so I felt like it was some sort of like a I guess a homecoming in the sense where when I was there the first time I was with my mom and I couldn't really understand what I was doing, you know, the rituals of Umrah, um, going back and forth for the Sa'i and then, you know, circum um, circling around the Kaaba. It was such a, it was such a, I guess, you know, like I really didn't know what I was doing, but it felt interesting. Like it felt nice to be around my family and my mom. And then the second time when I was there, I, I was fully aware of what I was doing. You know, I, I, I've understood more about my faith. Um, and but my mom wasn't there so it was some sort of like you know like Allah is telling me that even though I lose everyone in this world I, if I even if I don't have anyone else in this world like I have him that I can turn to every single time and it's like I just felt like this sort of like Allah is telling me that like you know when I was invited back there for Umrah it's like he's telling me that he's there he's you can always come back to me you know and so I felt like this immense sense immense feeling of gratitude and um love that I feel from from my lord and and so I decided you know I I made a prayer I made a dua when I was there to to ease I, I told I, I kind of begged a lot to to ease my journey and um especially in my creative uh, journey I, want, I wanted to I, I told him specifically just use me for good you know to to use my talents for good for you you know and for your sake so 
I decided to, you know, when I came back, I decided to write, to compile all the poems that I wrote and then together with the poems that I wrote based when I was in Umrah, when I was doing my Umrah. And so I decided to compile them together and then um, kind of like center it around my journey um, back to Umrah. And then in terms of also my journey in life, like how I read it to um, losing my mom and then kind of like, you know, trying to get back, rising up from that, that grief that I was feeling. So it was... Um, so that was basically how what what homebound is about poems that I wrote, um, trying to navigate through life through through the emotions of losing, through the emotions of grief, um, and then the emotions of hope, knowing that Allah is still there despite all the challenges and despite all the sadness and and grief that I went through. There is always hope in the end. So, so those those were the poems that I wrote and the themes, uh, the main themes that that run through it. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, for sharing, and that was so powerful because I just realized why I love and hate poetry at the same time. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I studied, um, you know, other than psychology, I also studied English literature and linguistics. And when it would be time for poetry class, I'm like, no, no, no. But it's that mystery element and that healing that everything can go into it and I wasn't really ready for that but yet whenever I feel very distressed instead of writing prose I write poetry for that yeah. deep emotional connection alhamdulillah and I love that you shared that very personal and vulnerable part of yourself the the story of the book of poetry and also putting that poetry out there for us Sister, thank you so much for joining us today and being so candid and so inspiring. I, it has been really amazing for me today. Oh How God. can the listeners connect with you? Alhamdulillah. Uh, so I'm always uh, mostly on Instagram on the boot jacket. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, uh, you can just click on the website link that I have on my Instagram um, profile. Yeah, because I'm not really active anywhere else <laughs> i'm just really mm -hmm. mostly on instagram yeah, and hopefully hopefully um on clubhouse <laughs> yeah, I'm my friend, inshallah soon yeah so inshallah. yeah for having me i'm really thankful to have um, met you and you know cross paths with you and uh, have this conversation that really inspired me as well and um also it's a good reminder for me to always be um you know reflective and to have Allah in the center of everything I do. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And I am so honored that you said yes to being a guest on my podcast. And I pray that the listeners benefit from you sharing your, your story and your journey. And I really, I truly appreciate you. And I love you for the sake of Allah, my dear sister. I love you too, Fila. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. Thank you everyone for listening and do connect with our sister at the book jacket, inshallah. Thank you for listening to From Noor With Love. And I want you to remember that we are a sisterhood. And when I tell you that I love you for the sake of Allah, guess what? It's because I really do. Do drop me a message here on Encore or connect with me at Noor Kovrin on my Gmail account. 
I really look forward to talking to you. I want to know what inspires you. I want to know what you want to talk about in season three. I want to know what are your struggles? What are your fears? What are your desires? Contact me and let's get a conversation going. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Much love.